Welcome to the Antidote Podcast. You know, life is just too short to be spending your precious gift of time in this world held back by anxiety and fear and worry, stuck in those limiting mental loops, replaying the past, worried about the future, doom scrolling through the social media loops and the news again and again, just trying to escape yourself. Well, fortunately, there's so much you can do to solve this stuff and rewire your brain and your life without pills or apps or elaborate meditation practices, just using a combination of cutting edge cognitive approaches and helped by evidence-based nutrition and supplements. Much of it is surprisingly little known. So on the Antidote podcast, we bring some of the world's most impressive experts, practitioners, and thinkers in their fields to uncover new ways to reboot your brain and optimize your experience of life beyond what you thought was possible. Antidote is 100% free, so be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode, and also check out the Antidote website for the latest breakthroughs, instantly calming quick reliefs, free Antidote weekly newsletters, and much more at www.theantidote.com. That's Antidote spelled without the E at the end, www.theantidote.com. In this episode, we're going to discuss the very buzzy and controversial topic of microdosing. And we're going to cover everything from what is microdosing, what it can do for you, who it's for and who it's not, the legality questions, and much more with expert Casey Garrett, who's been a legend for over 20 years in the field. So let's dive in and go down the rabbit hole. Let me start by uh, welcoming Casey to the show. Casey, welcome. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. What I want to do first, Casey, is I want to talk a little bit about your bio. I mean, you have been literally a legend in the healing arts. I hope that doesn't embarrass you. Uh, you founded the uh, Solstice Mind and Body Spa. Uh, but uh, prior to that, uh, you have been working with some top clients and companies uh, for many, many years, including the NBA, IDO, with Four Seasons, St. Regis Resorts. Um, you've been featured in New York Times, CNN, um, all kinds of uh, industry publications. Um, you're also an author, so body work, careers in, mas in uh, massage therapy, uh, and you're a Reiki master, which is pretty impressive. You can talk more about that when we, when we get into it. Um, you've studied at the Esalen Institute, um, done work with the likes of Randall Churchill, uh, the Academy of Intuition Medicine with Dr. Francesca McCartney, you know, all these luminaries out there. So you have incredible pedigree as well. And it's just really an honor uh, to have someone with your background and pedigree uh, on the show to talk about such, such a buzzy topic like microdosing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's define what we mean by microdosing. What is microdosing? What are we talking about specifically? Just so we can get everybody on the same page. Yep, happy to, happy to. So microdosing is a relatively new term that has been coined just recently in the last decade or so. So traditionally microdosing is taking a very small quantity of plant medicine. Um, typically it's referring to a psychedelic plant medicine um, in a very tiny, minute dose over time in what we call a protocol. Um, in traditional indigenous uh, cultures, microdosing was known as dietas, which is kind of a plant diet. So it's a way of incorporating all of the benefits of plant medicine into a more subtle, gentle form of integration versus say kind of a heroic macro dose, which is traditionally what we think of when we think of psychedelics, like tripping on mushrooms or an LSD trip. Microdosing is utilizing those substances in a more gentle, subtle way over time. 
Got it. That's great. Now, there's the reason this is so controversial is the minute you talk about psychoactive substances, it becomes immediately scary for a lot of people, right? And there's all these myths, I think, and 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 uh, all this loaded stuff that goes along with even thinking about taking something like this for a lot of people. I love the work that you're doing to to really demystify this and actually reframe how we might want to think about this stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, part of it is just overcoming the the stigma that is attached to the word psychedelics. So psychedelic in the original Greek means mind manifesting. Um, So it's really... If we, if we refer to it as it's traditionally known, it's really making us conscious of what we already innately know. So it's more of a remembering and bringing things to the surface. Um, and whether that's for consciousness, whether it's for optimizing um, our physical, mental, emotional health, uh, whether it's for personal growth and healing, um, it's really just, I think, getting back to its traditional roots and indigenous use and away from kind of the 1960s stigma of that, the countercultural movement. People lump together so much, you know, they think anything psychoactive uh, immediately falls into this sort of realm in their head of, oh, it's uh, LSD and all these sort of hard drugs and visions of people tripping on, you know, large doses of, of things. And, and it's sort of immediately, you think of a subculture there, you think of people who are, are, are open to doing that, right? And especially for those dealing with fear and anxiety and worry, um, sometimes it's the scariest thing to imagine is that loss of control and you'd say, mm-hmm. I would never want to do one of these, these sort of drugs um, because I would never want to feel out of control or the kind of that fear or uncertainty around that. Um, tell us a little bit about how microdosing is really so different, in fact, kind of opposite from that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in two ways. So microdosing sets itself apart from the larger journey and dose in that it's subperceptual. So you do not feel... Um, you don't have any of the distortions or visual hallucination effect um, that you would with a larger macro dose of, of uh, psychedelic medicine. It's subperceptual. You'll still feel benefits, um, but you won't have the, you know, taking you out of your ordinary reality that would preclude you from going outside your regular life. Um, for me, that's a huge benefit because it makes it more easy to integrate all the benefits in your everyday daily life because you're actually accruing those benefits at the same time. So it's easier to incorporate them into your work, into your relationships, into your parenting in a real lasting way because you're taking it real time versus stepping outside of your regular day-to-day life. Got it. And then, so what are some of the benefits? What do you, what do you feel, you know, why would someone who maybe is an executive or just, you know, working a job or, or parent mm-hmm. or, you know, someone who's basically, especially, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, you're dealing with a lot of this sort of existential fears and worries and things that people more than ever are feeling these days. And again, it's why you spend so much time looking for that escape on social media or that next dopamine hit, you know, what would you feel potentially with microdosing? What are some of the benefits? So many, I mean, there are just, there's so many benefits Um, because microdosing has been re-emerging in the popular consciousness due to academic research and studies. um, We tend to focus on, you know, 
because we're based in a Western medical model of diagnosis and cure, we're focused on um, the benefits that apply to diagnosable conditions. So some of the very first people coming to microdosing and plant medicine are people who suffer from chronic depression, PTSD, uh, cluster headaches and migraines, uh, various addictions, uh, smoking, because this is where the attention and funding is being focused right now. And microdosing has shown enormous benefits for all of those things, but it's also for everyone. I mean, there's no one I don't think that can benefit. Um, there are very few side effects to plant medicine. Um, it, they're non-addictive, they're harmless. Uh, there are a handful of contraindications, but for what we call just healthy, normal people, there are myriad benefits, um, including enhanced creativity, um, better ability to be present, uh, enhanced empathy and connection, a deeper connection to nature um, and the natural world around us, um, a new way to envision um, creative solutions, which there's no greater time in history than right now, then we need to kind of reconceive all of our systems um, and create new possibilities. So to me, it's kind of a perfect time that we utilize this gift from nature to help move us forward, both as individuals and as a human family. That's a great point. And you know, the, the, the point about this, these being natural uh, can't be overstated when you really think about it. Uh, you know, we eat mushrooms, for example, which is basically a, a, a fungus. So there's a variety of different fungi out there, right? And you eat, you know, maitake mushrooms studied for, you know, anti-cancer benefits and all kinds of other things. Reishi mushroom, right, for sort of its calming properties and blood sugar lowering. You know, mushrooms are really becoming more, there's more and more evidence that they're a superfood. And mm -hmm. so we're simply talking about, you know, it's just one more species of mushroom that happens to exert these properties on the brain due to some very specific chemical constituents, right? And so if you really unpack it, it really can start to quickly demystify uh, all of this sort of loaded baggage you may have in your mind about shrooms or something or psilocybin, it sounds like some 60s hard drug. You know, if, if it, it really hopefully makes you realize, okay, these are natural mushrooms out there that for thousands of years have been used actually for a variety of purposes. Um, and this particular one simply exerts some you know, mental uh, properties that actually can be very helpful. And even in a microdose context can be mm -hmm. helpful. Um, that is so powerful in demystifying and kind of changing the conversation uh, around how one might want to integrate these things in your life, just like you might want to start eating a certain healthy food. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, psilocybin in particular has gotten, you know, the, the bulk of the stigma, but it also has this, it's magical property is that it quiets our default mode network, which is our, you know, ego, it's our linear mind, it's our thinking mind. And as we've progressed as a society over the last several hundred years toward industrialization and technology, we have become very head-based people, you know, where we move out of our body, out of our heart and into our head. And psilocybin's magic is that it quiets that part of our brain to allow new connections to occur. So it's not so much as shifting our brain and altering our brain. 
it's it's everything we already have. It's just accessing it because we have allowed our kind of ego egoic minds to become so prominent and out of balance in our current time. Absolutely, that aligns so perfectly to you know the antidote audience and. We, we talk about zooming out and the ability to get out of your own head and look objectively at your thoughts, at your feelings, and kind of get to the truth empirically of what's actually going on in your life and be able to view that from that bird's eye perspective. It sounds like what you're saying is, you know, the microdosing with psilocybin specifically may really help just simply help you to get out of your own head, right? It helps to quiet down that default mode network in a system in your brain and the fight or flight response uh, and sort of mm -hmm. the, the fear triggers and let you zoom out, uh, which is much like what meditation enables one to do. Is that is is, is that kind of how it feels? Absolutely, absolutely. And one enhances the other for sure. Um, one of the misconceptions, especially for people who are very, mental people and have, you know, high performing athletes. I work with a lot of high performing people that kind of are a little bit skeptical because they can't, they need to be on their game all the time and kind of ready to go all the time. Yes. Yeah. And so they're like, I can't be scrambly. I can't be stoned. I can't be checked out. Um, and that's a big, big misconception that, that psilocybin alters you. It actually, helps you focus better. You become clearer and sharper in your thinking, especially if you combine psilocybin with lion's mane mushroom. Ah. The studies of the, those two in combination separately, but in combination, they're phenomenal brain benefits. So it's in, a, in an odd counterintuitive way, what happens when you use lion's mane and psilocybin is you become more present and focused in the here and now. When you're with people, it will become very obvious pretty quickly to most people once they begin microdosing. And what happens is when you're fully present, you're less in the past, you know, ruminating. That's that default mode network part of the brain. Like we tend to ruminate on the past, go over, you know, the same stories and loops in our mind. Exactly. And likewise, we, we worry about the future and the anxiety of what could be. And we're worrying about things that we can already conceive of. So when you're truly in the present and not in the worrying about the future or rolling around in the past, you have so much more free space in your mind to, for creativity, uh, for new ways of looking at the world, for reconceptualizing our, our futures. Um, so the opposite happens. For people who are worried about getting out of control, you're actually clearer than you've ever been. That's a really important point. It really aligns so perfectly to uh, the, the the broader topics and concepts that we talk about on the Antidote website uh, and in general. A bit that there are so many tools you can do use to get out of your own head to quiet the default mode network that are purely cognitive and can be further enhanced and really enabled in many cases, especially people who really have a hard time just quieting the mind. They maybe tried some meditation, tried some of these things, but it's just really, really hard for some people to do that. Um, this can be a wonderful tool, it sounds like, kind of an adjunct, really an accelerator or, you know, sort of enabler to mm -hmm. allow you to get to that point in your brain. So, you know, you're not, you're not escaping or changing anything. You're actually revealing and being able to actually quiet down all that baggage, all the stuff and mm -hmm. actually reveal 
what's really there and what you're, you're, you're capable of in a much calmer way. How great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's more of a, a, a mindset of meeting life on its terms versus kind of will willing your way and efforting your way through life. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I think, you know, again, the microdosing concept is really revolutionary in the sense that you're not asking people to take some, as you called it, a you know, heroic dose where mm -hmm. literally you would have, you know, far stronger effects from that. You really might feel like you actually are kind of going someplace else or revealing at a much more profound level that could get in the way of your everyday life. But these microdosing amounts, as you said, are simply enhancing actually, mm -hmm. as opposed to changing in any way or, or kind of getting in the way of what you would do in your work or as a parent or anything. Is that uh, right? You really are simply enhanced? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it will, it will promote changes, but it's more like a catalyst and helping you get in touch with who you really are. Mm -hmm. You will, you will naturally, as you become truer and clearer in who you are, things that don't serve you will fall away without a whole lot of efforting. Um, your intention is important to come in, but the more you're open to going with what, uh, what is occurring, um, plant medicine, I find it much like meditation or Reiki or energy healing. It's adaptogenic and then it meets you where you are Got in it. a way. Got it. For those in the antidote audience, they know that we're very sort of careful about woo and careful about, uh, about evidence. Um, there's a lot of woo out there. Um, and not everything can have evidence because often there's not a profit motive behind it, right? Especially in the, the plant world and with natural foods. Um, there's simply, you don't have a pharmaceutical company with a lot of money with a motive to, to produce a lot of uh, placebo-controlled uh, trials, or, uh, because there simply isn't a motive there that can't patent something. Um, so, uh, but we're very careful that there, because there is a lot of uh, charlatanism out there and, and woo in general. One of the really great things about this field that you're exploring here is that there is so much research and evidence emerging very recently. So, John Hopkins course, um, some of the work that they've been doing there for a while and that Tim Ferriss recently notably has been um, helping to, to, to fund and sort of espouse Michael Pollan's book. Um, there has been such a kind of a awakening and a movement here really from all sides, but especially on the empirical evidence side, we are now finding truly empirical evidence that psilocybin in particular uh, has these purported you know, effects. They're measurable, they're quantifiable, they're real, they're finding they're very safe as well. And so where this could lead though very quickly is we've seen with cannabis uh, and big business moves in, tries to identify the core components, tries to then market this. Uh, tell us a little bit about the ethos behind uh, mushrooms in particular and this field mm -hmm. that you feel is very, very important to know and perhaps very, very different. Yeah, that's a great question. So we have to credit science um, and be grateful for science and, and the money going into funding and research study to really lifting this uh, medicine into the mainstream. So, and legitimizing it to, for people. So on one hand, we embrace, you know, a big tent philosophy in that, you know, people who are kind of still nervous about losing control or, or nervous about the stigma attached to psychedelics, 
they might be best served going through a clinic or pharmaceutical, you know, prescription and medical supervision. Whereas other people, you know, it's more of a healing and self-awakening practice that are going to be best served working with a guide who's been working with mushroom medicine for decades. And so we really embrace kind of a wide variety of accessibility. Um, that would be the ultimate um, because we have the, the scientists and the brain science studies really um, that is what I think will be a huge component to uh, decriminalizing and legalizing these substances, right? Which will benefit everyone. Um, from the indigenous perspective though, there, there's a big difference between selling these medicines and sharing these medicines, which people from indigenous traditions, um, it's very important that reciprocity and reverence for nature is incorporated in the way that we share and distribute the medicines. So that is important to me. And also it's personally important to me, having been in the healing arts for 25 years now, that the medicines are incorporated in within a, a healing trusted relationship. You know, that's where the transformation takes place. Like it's fine to have an experience of any kind, but it's really, it's really in your everyday relationships and in your relationship with yourself is, is that's where the true healing and transformation is. So I think it benefits everyone to work with these medicines alongside um, someone in the healing arts, be it a med medical doctor, to a psychologist, to a guide, to a coach, um, but to have that support alongside. It's probably a good time for the medical disclaimer reminder uh, once again, uh, that you know anyone considering doing this, you know, a we're not prescribing, we're not recommending, we're simply educating and providing information. Uh, number one, and you should always consult with your doctor, your your healthcare uh, specialist before trying anything like this. And in particular, if you're on a medication already, like an SSRI, for example, for depression, anxiety, those kinds of things, um, these uh, uh, these things may not work for you. They they may not work at all. There can be contraindications there. So you want to be very, very careful and knowledgeable before you dive into anything like this, even at the microdosing level. That said, um, you know, what a great uh, uh, array of possibilities that people will have now in front of them to either work with their doctor or psychiatrist or psychologist. Um, and especially in places where rapidly mushrooms are becoming decriminalized, which is so exciting to see. And if you think about it, how crazy in so many ways that we would literally make it, you know, a, a criminal activity uh, to actually be out in nature in the woods and encountering certain mushrooms, right? And and ingesting those. I mean, it's just it's even on the face of it, it sounds just patently absurd. It it really is exciting to see that, as with cannabis, that you know you're seeing uh, that there are benefits to these things uh, in the context of microdosing. To finally have some science and some evidence to quantify, you know, what what is the right dose. And to get to a point where maybe you have some control over the purity, uh, the authenticity, the, the exact dosing, uh, that really opens up a lot of avenues for people who would never otherwise try something like this. So, so that's exciting. And, and I think the work you're doing now is really pushing that, that forward. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, Western medicine and pharmaceuticals are amazing and a lot of people genuinely need them. But so many people on SSRIs and other medications, it's just controlling the symptoms. It's not getting to the root healing, which is what plant medicine does. That's that's the biggest difference to me. Um, the problem right now is that so many people who are drawn to microdosing are people who are on medications for those afflictions, right? So a vast number of people um, curious and very open to trying plant medicine um, are thwarted or at least held up because they need to really work with a doctor and a pharmacologist to decide where are they at you know, and wean them off of their pharmaceutical drugs before they can begin a microdosing protocol? Or do they have a diagnosis that would preclude them from microdosing? There aren't many, but there are some. Um, bipolar is one. Um, a family history of schizophrenia is another. And they're studying, um, most of the psilocybin studies have been around depression. So many, many people um, are on SSRIs. And as we have talked about, before depression, um, SSRIs have, has an opposite effect. So as, as you just said, Paul, like a lot of times if someone's on SSRIs, um, mushroom medicine will not be effective because it's opposite mechanisms, um, on the brain. Right. Right. And that's a really important point for anyone considering because I mean, for, for a fact, uh, the antidote audience, uh, many actually, um, have been on SSRIs or still are to deal with depression, anxiety, and fear, and some of these things. Uh, and unfortunately, what so many say, and it's the reason so many come looking for other solutions, uh, including just purely cognitive or, or natural plant-based ones, is that they aren't getting what they need from SSRIs. Either they've stopped working, so there's something called a poop-out uh, phase that, 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 that happens, uh, mm -hmm. and um, doctors actually use that, that term, they actually call it that, um, and they simply stop working, and they don't know why. Um, but it, it does happen. It happens actually very frequently, uh, or they're diminished in their efficacy and they need to either, you know, increase the dose, uh, or they have really a lot of unwanted side effects. And so, um, they can be very helpful, but also very problematic. And so if the overlap here, I think between the interest in people who would be interested in, in trying mm -hmm. microdosing, uh, and already taking SSRI is probably very large. Uh, so even more reason to work with a professional uh, on this. And if you are going to, for example, wean off your SSRI, that is no small feat. Um, mm -hmm. It should be done absolutely under medical supervision and uh, can't be overstated there. That said, we've also seen a lot of success stories of people who have done exactly that. So you hear more and more every day people, you know, stories of people who have actually successfully weaned off of uh, pharmaceuticals and instead are getting benefits from not just psilocybin microdosing, but, but lots of other things, including purely cognitive approaches. And so mm -hmm. it is very doable. And I love hearing about all the success stories that, that, that you have talked about. Uh, mm -hmm. there as well. So what a great thing to have more alternatives out there uh, mm -hmm. for, for people and more and more evidence that this stuff is is not woo. It's real. It works. It can be safe. In fact, much safer than mm -hmm. other, other uh, options out there. Um, so it's an exciting time. Tell us a little bit about um, sort of what you see happening next. How fast do you think that it will be possible for people to legally, you know, access um, and obtain you know, quality, uh, um, you know, version of this to mm -hmm. build into a program and take a education program like yours. And in my practice, I work one-on-one -on -one with people. 
Um, I also have courses and group coaching um, to help people move through the process together um, while microdosing. And so that's the question. It's like, well, where do I get the staff, you know, depending on where I live. So right now around across the US, there have been pockets of places that have already decriminalized um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Denver, Santa Cruz, Oakland, recently Washington, DC, and the state of Oregon just passed a legislation this past election cycle. It will be um, probably initiatives we're expecting statewide in California, New Jersey, New York, um, as early as this coming year, 2021. So it's happening very quickly. I think it's the combination of mass change of that we're undergoing right now as a whole, but it's also, we have been, you know, we're 40 years into the war on drugs and it's clearly not working after 40 years. Um, so people in, you know, the legislative process are open you know, for the first time in decades to really rethinking how we classify drugs and, and treat drugs. Um, so it's happening quickly. For where can you get it right now? Um, there are various options in those places that are decriminalized. Um, are, some of them are able to share the medicines. Some of them are able to distribute the medicines. Connecting with people in the industry um, right now is probably the best way to find people that are, can help you. And then the easiest way to do it get, can be fine and fun is to grow your own. You know, there are several options for, um, you know, you can consult with a mycologist. There are courses you can take. Um, I know several and have people to refer to people who, you know, want to undertake the fun and effort of growing their own, um, and then you kind of control, you know, have control over your sourcing yourself. What a great reminder of just how natural uh, and sort of of the earth uh, this thing is that we're talking about. It's yeah. even a sharp contrast from something like, you know, LSD or, you know, a cocaine or some of these things that people just incorrectly lump, you know, psilocybin in with drugs like that uh, mm -hmm. you know, come, come from a lab, uh, right? It's just, it, they couldn't be more different. We're talking about literally a mushroom fungus you could grow on your own. I mean, that's just, mm -hmm. pretty, uh, I think it's pretty clear. That said, the flip side of that, you shouldn't take it lightly either, right? And um, also mm -hmm. these things are indeed not legal in these places. Uh, you certainly are, you've made very clear that you are not recommending that anyone try anything that is illegal in their area. We're not either, certainly. Uh, and you're also very clear that, you know, that even in a decriminalized area, you should do it correctly. And that's part mm -hmm. of what you're trying to foster with, with your education is education around it and a program uh, around it to understand it and to do it uh, correctly. Um, mm -hmm. which is, which is a really, really, which is that key next piece, you know, really that enabling piece, uh, that education piece, uh, that has been just completely missing. Yeah. And I think that's why, where we went off track, honestly, in the, in the sixties was the misuse. Um, yeah, the misuse and people were more fascinated by the experience of it than they were the, the healing and therapeutic nature of it. Right, absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about um, if there are some uh, some resources 
and mm. foundational sort of texts that I think have that you have uh, used uh, to help mm. inform some of your work and that that you recommend to people who actually want to learn more about this. Um, tell yeah. us about a few of those like you have some books. Uh, I do. I have some favorites. I have some favorites. Yeah. So a lot of people who come to me, um, a lot of people come to me are brand new to this world. And like I said, they're, they're very skeptical. They want to see the science. Um, they're, they're non woo woo folks, um, as you say. So I really encourage people to educate themselves as much as possible. That's what inspired a lot of my work and a creation of my courses. And then there's some great books to read. If you're brand new, um, Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind was really, um, he is known as a food writer um, and novelist. And he got curious about psychedelic, psychedelic medicine um, and really the publishing of this book, I'm gonna say it was like 2010-ish, um, really was one of the catalysts in the, the reemergence. Um, so this is a great book for people who are new to this world, who maybe move through the, the 60s and want a new fresh take on, on plant medicine. This is a great book. Um, the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide is, you know, for anyone in your antidote audience who's a bit of a, like a brain science junkie, um, well, really, really appreciate this book. So James Fadiman, he is really credited with coining the term microdosing um, in popular time. He was primarily an LSD researcher in Silicon Valley uh, from the 1960s. He was actually already in the movement um, when it was shut down in the early 60s. So his book is very... Um, it's like, like case studies and the science of actual results of research studies, um, which is like I said, if you if you like to nerd out on brain science. Right, I know that as book. a side note, he is extremely popular in Silicon Valley. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna attest to that um, here in the Valley. Uh, he is an absolute legend. And for those who do do some microdosing with other things like LSD and things like that. So yeah, mm -hmm. there are actually a lot of engineers, for example, here working in Silicon Valley who are very, very big on that. It's a very, very trendy thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this name keeps coming up. Yeah, yeah. His study originally in the 1960s was focusing on um, engineering, um, engineers and problem solving and creativity. And a lot of people who went on to found large, well-known technology companies were part of those early studies. So if you're in, if you're in that world, you'll, you'll love that book. Um, Ayelet Waldman, Waldman's book, um, she is a novelist, a mother, an attorney, kind of like someone you would not guess would, would be in this world. Um, wrote this book, it's called A Really Good Day, um, how microdosing made a mega difference in my mood, my marriage, and my life. She is a wonderful example of how microdosing is for everyone. I and mean, she's very, very high performing, high functioning, um, successful person, but she had a mood disorder that she had tried so many things, cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy, um, traditional pharmaceutical medications. And she got to the point where her mood disorder was 
threatening to threatening her marriage, threatening her career and her relationship with her kids. And out of desperation, she sought out microdosing and had profound benefits. Um, so this is a great kind of memoir. Um, that's she's super funny and super readable and really um, is is kind of an example of you know every every person could benefit by this. And then my favorite right now that I'm deeply in love with this book is called Entangled Life. So by Merlin Sheldrake, and he is a scientist and naturalist botanist. And it's how fungi makes our worlds change our minds and shape our futures. So this book really beautifully speaks to um, the interconnectedness of life and how all of the kingdoms are interconnected, human, animal, plant, fungi, um, and how we are part of a greater ecosystem, which is one of the things that when you're microdosing and working with the medicines, that's something that occurs very naturally. Um, you, your consciousness shifts to, instead of being kind of traditionally, we think of humans on top of the, the food chain um, in the planet, it really helps you see ourselves as part of an interconnected web of life, um, both within and to each other, other people, but also our interconnection to the natural world, which is so needed right now. So. What a wonderful array of resources and books. And again, testament to just demystifying and removing the stigmas and all of the former baggage around these things being so taboo. Um, I, I, I love those examples. And I love the fact these are coming from scientists as well as regular normal people uh, as mm -hmm. well, just illustrate. Uh, and uh, you and your work uh, as, as well for you to take an interest in this topic and have clients like Fortune 500 CEOs like you do now uh, who are trying to become educated about this is just really a testament to how the kind of cultural zeitgeist has really shifted um, completely from the old mm -hmm. stigma and, and that can only be good. Um, and we have to make sure that we're very, very careful in uh, how we educate people. So you know, again, the crux of your program uh, is, is central. In fact, it's really the only one I can think of out there right now that is doing uh, that, that heavy lifting job of shifting the narrative while educating at the same time in a very you know, practical way. Um, mm -hmm. so that is, that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, because of my background, I've seen, I, like I said, I've been doing healing work for a couple decades now and a missing component is, you know, even with a willingness to grow and heal, um, oftentimes people need, need a catalyst, you know, and need a support to that. So that's really what, where my heart is with this. And, and part of my program is kind of working on ourselves. It's kind of personal development alongside microdosing because the two go hand in hand. Um, one without the other is an experience, but um, the two together can lead to really profound growth. Absolutely, and especially to uh, to help shine some light on this formerly very dark and muddy and scary <laughs> area. Uh, really, you are literally shining that light with the education work that you're doing. 
um, we should be clear as well in case people are wondering, you know, you're not providing the the mushrooms. You're not providing it. Now, this is very clear. This is, you, you have an education program. Uh, it is about the education, right? So we really need to decouple that and and, and make that very, very clear. And not just in, in your case, but in general, there is there is the there are the mushrooms themselves, right? And sourced mm -hmm. for those uh, mm -hmm. in decriminalized areas, or as you said, learning how to grow your own, et cetera. But then to to do this right and become educated and really understand what's happening here, it's a combination of your program, right? Learning about this deeply. And in the case of people on things like SSRIs, you wanna make sure you also are working with your doctor, right? For example, or your your healthcare provider uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that, um, that there aren't gonna be issues, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. That's great. Um, so one last analogy to use here that that uh, I think has come up that I think it might be so helpful to 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 really kind of put the nail in the coffin for anybody who's maybe just like, well, this still sounds really, really, really scary, and I still am taking something that I can't uh, is going to make me feel weird, or it just sounds like going a little too far. Um, imagine this. Imagine you're drinking some green tea, right? Something as innocuous as green tea. Well, you know, the L-theanine naturally present in green tea, for example, uh, has been scientifically shown to basically get your brain into much more of what's called the alpha state. Well, the alpha state is, is going to take you, basically, it's going to calm down your default mode network. It's going to get you into that closer to, closer to a meditative state, that objective ability to zoom out, right? In some ways, much like the very subtle effects you may feel, from taking mushrooms. Yeah. Green tea, tea at the tea plant is as natural and out there in the nature and in the world as these mushrooms are. The list goes on. I mean, we, we drink coffee every day. Many people drink coffee. Think of what caffeine does to you in a much more marked way, a much more profound way, right? Mm -hmm. You think about the effects you get even from certain herbal teas and things like that, from chocolate, right? The powerful components in cacao, right? this ancient food of chocolate. So you really need to think uh, that laterally and realize that this mushrooms are just another element in nature, plant-based, you know, right? Uh, yeah. In this case. Yeah. Uh, just a reframing of all, you know, we, we're up for a re reset and a reframing of so much. I mean, in terms of substances, I think soda and Soda has probably contributed to more disease um, and chronic conditions than all of entheogenic medicine put together. Um, Absolutely. And more outright deaths, actually, right? The, the cause and effect from the sugar and all the bad stuff and sugar in particular, we could, we could do a whole other episode just on the evils of, of, of sugar and mm -hmm. the inflammatory effects and the obesity and all things that come from that. And then the, the whole cycle that ultimately, you know, it was like the, the, the net uh, health, you know, downsides and deaths and things like that from things that we take for granted every day compared to the relative safety of these medicines, of, of these plants, uh, it just, it's just incomparable. And again, you realize just how insane it is uh, that we have had it so backwards for, for yeah. so long and all these cliches. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so exciting about being part of this, you know, reemergence right now and this reframe with plant medicine. It's, you know, everything when it's new is considered weird and fringe and scary. You know, we went through this with, with yoga. We went through this with transcendental meditation 
you know, and it's so it's new and there's always the people that are, you know, the first people doing it or kind of the weirdos and the misfits. <laughs> and so um, I'm really proud to be part of it and working with, with the healers um, that I do and all from the guides who do the journey and work to, you know, the people who've been working in this field and, and taking the steps toward legalization. Um, it's a long, arduous process. And so it's a very um, exciting time to be, you know, promoting these medicines that are so beneficial, so transformational to every person um, to really reframe and shift um, and normalize it and let people know it's not just something to do at Burning Man. It's not just, you know, a woo-woo thing. Um, and it's not just for Silicon Valley engineers. It's really beneficial to, you know, every everyone from every age and walk of life. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for educating us and really just demystifying all these assumptions uh, that are just so incorrect out there. Um, but what, and it feels like we're really on the cusp, much in a way like cannabis sort of was with CBD and really decoupling THC from the CBD and, and the two uh, components there. But I think this is far more profound, actually. This is far bigger, actually, than that could ever be, uh, potentially, um, especially as so many deal, uh, are dealing with depression and PTSD and lots of other things uh, where you've had the studies. But you're covering so many other areas where people can derive benefits. And People should read the books that, 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 that you recommended and learn how this may be helpful as an adjunct uh, to your everyday life across you know, myriad areas, creativity, all kinds of different areas, and just honestly getting out of your own head a little bit. So uh, wonderful. How can people reach you, Casey, and your program? If you want to take, take your program, uh, how do they get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, start, I see clients one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, right now, it's virtually. Um, and that's just connecting with me. My website is microdosingforhealing.com. And our next courses are beginning January 15th of this next year in 2021. So there's information about those. And I'm pretty easy to find online. So you can reach out to me online as well. Fantastic. We'll put links in the show notes as well here and on the uh, YouTube channel for the video version. Uh, for anyone who wants to reach out uh, to Casey and learn more, I um, highly recommend uh, reading uh, and learning more about both her program, but also the books that she recommended and just getting educated. And um, if nothing else, it's interesting to know where this is going, even if you're not ready for it, you know, right now to get educated and learn more about it and have one more tool in the quiver of tools out there to help you sort of zoom out and um, take control of your life uh, um, than you have been able to before. So thanks so much for joining us on the show, Casey. And uh, we would love to do a part sure. two with you at some point uh, as a follow-up. It is such a rapidly evolving you know, space with it being decriminalized and, and you'll have uh, more and more stories from clients uh, that you've worked with. So it'd be great to do a part two as a follow-up and kind of see how the landscape has changed and some of the, the effects that you're seeing from clients going forward. We'll look forward to that. We'd love to. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks again, Casey. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Antidote Podcast. Be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also go to The Antidote website for the latest breakthroughs, instantly calming quick reliefs, the free Antidote newsletter, and much, much more at theantidote.com. That's www.theantidote, without an E at the end, .com. 
On the Antidote website, you'll find everything from little-known evidence-based supplements, natural foods that are calming and relaxing and great for anxiety and worry and fear, getting out of your own head and for your overall health. You'll find cutting-edge cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, ancient wisdom from Stoicism and Buddhism, and a whole lot more. There's nothing quite like the Antidote out there, and it's all completely free. We'd also love to hear from you. Suggestions, topics for upcoming episodes, guests you'd like to see on the show, email us anytime at newsletter at theantidote.com. Medical disclaimer, the information on this podcast and the Antidote website is for information purposes only. It should not be construed as medical advice. You should always work with your doctor or practitioner on anything related to your health or medical needs.